Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So on this feast day of St. Luke the Evangelist, I love the reading that the church gives us for the, uh, the first reading. It's, and we have this reading because it mentions uh, Luke. Paul is saying, I've got this traveling companion named Luke, and he's with me. He's been very helpful. But I also love that Paul's like, hey, by the way, Timothy, I forgot that cloak and some parchments. Bring that with you next time. And that, that uh, coppersmith Alexander, he was a real jerk, and God's going to get him back. <laughs> Just... I love that this is in the scripture. Anyway, okay. So as we probably know, Luke was, uh, he was one of the four evangelists, but he was not one of the 12 apostles, right? So he wasn't an eyewitness of the events that he writes about in his gospels or in the Acts of the Apostles. He wasn't an eyewitness there. That by itself, I think, is a very fascinating fact. It attests to the historicity of the scriptures, the historicity of the gospels, right? Because if you were... I don't know, making up a religion, right? And you wanted to have very credible uh, documentation, you would probably have all the, you know, attribution be for people who were supposed eyewitnesses, right? You got Luke and Mark, who were not one, two of Jesus's, they were not Jesus's apostles while he was alive in his earthly ministry. Um, Matthew and John were, right? You would think, you would think if the early church was making this all up, we would have a gospel of Matthew, a gospel of John, we would have a gospel of Peter, we would have a gospel of Andrew, but we don't. We've got two eyewitnesses and two who weren't eyewitnesses, which tells you, which tells you that the early church found Luke's gathering of the, the details, the gathering of the, the testimony and the way that he tells the story, that this is a credible and authentic telling of the story. Right? They found it to be inspired, and it was given apostolic authority. I just think that's fascinating. I digress. Let me get back to what I wanted to actually talk about. We heard in the opening prayer how Luke's gospel highlights or it, it draws our attention to the poor. Right? All the gospels mention the poor, but there's something unique about the way that Luke captures or he frames Jesus' ministry or his heart for the poor. It captures the tender mercy and compassion of God in a very particular way, the way that he reaches out to the downtrodden, the outcast. You know, only in Luke do we have examples like this. We have the Good Samaritan, only in Luke's gospel. You got the amazing story of the prodigal son, the tender compassion of our God, right? Only in Luke's gospel. The story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? The rich man who steps over Lazarus every day. That whole story, only Luke's gospel. The story of the publican and the sinner, Right? The man in the heart of the temple who's beating his breast, Lord, have mercy on me. Only in Luke's gospel. His gospel is also known uh, as the gospel of women. Because there's so many encounters that Jesus has with various women in, in his public ministry. Again, these are just in Luke. You've got uh, Jesus uh, raising the widow's son at Nain. You've got Jesus who uh, have, he has the woman who bathes his feet with her tears. You've got all these mentioning of the, the women who accompany Jesus. You've got the Martha and Mary and Lazarus drama. All of that's in Luke. You've got Jesus healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath and him meeting with the daughters of Jerusalem on the way of the cross. All of that is Luke's gospel. But for me, 
For me, the most notable feature of Luke's gospel is the Marian dimension of the gospel. The Marian dimension. It's Luke who gives us the two annunciations, right? First, there's the annunciation of Gabriel to Zechariah when he's in the temple, right? Informing him that him and his wife Elizabeth, even in her old age, will conceive a son. You'll name him John and he'll be the forerunner of the Messiah. And then, of course, Luke's telling of the Annunciation of Gabriel to Mary, right? Be it done unto me according to thy word. He captures these moments. It's Luke who gives us the infancy narrative. It's Luke who gives us the presentation of the temple. It's Luke who gives us the visit of the Magi, the visit of the shepherds, the flight into Egypt, the losing and finding of Jesus in the temple. All of that is Luke. Here's where my mind goes when I consider all these things. The only way that Luke could have known anything about these episodes is if he had sat across from Mary and listened as she told him these stories. It's the only way he would have known is if he had said, tell me what that was like. Tell me how that happened. Like, I love to imagine those conversations. I love to imagine her entrusting these precious pearls to him, right? You wonder if anybody knew about Gabriel, the Annunciation, before Luke. Did anybody know about the harrowing trip to Bethlehem, Caesar's census that made them move from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Did anybody know about the flight into Egypt? Did anybody know about all of that? Did she share her sorrow with Luke when she found out about the slaughter of the innocents? Herod's orders, right, to slaughter all the innocents, the boys under two years old in Bethlehem. What did she say? This is where I really go. Like, what did she say to him about the actual birth? Like, what details did she share? What did she, also, what did she still keep to herself? Because, of course, when you read the gospel, when you read the, the birth, the infancy narrative, it is just, it's, it's frustratingly bare and brief and just painted in broad brushstrokes. You wonder if Luke was just like, well, I, there's no way I could describe what you just said, Mary. She goes, just say he was born, <laughs> you know? Friends, just as Luke sat with Mary and asked her questions and listened to her stories, like we can do the same because she's, she's alive, right? She's alive and she's our mama. And she would love nothing more than just to tell us about her son. So ask her, what questions do you have about Jesus' life, those childhood years, the early years, the first 30 years? Ask her like Luke did. Amen.